0: Welcome to Practice Talk, a deep dive into the world of healthcare practices, where we invite team members to share strategies to make your work
1: life easier. Now, your host, Lacey Ellis. Welcome to Practice Talk, brought to you by People in Practice, where we specialize in digital marketing, website development, SEO, and so much more. I am beyond excited for today's discussion about running an efficient clinic with our guest, Mia Vincent. Mia graduated from her dental assisting program with expanded functions in orthodontics, fixed prosthetics, removable prosthetics, and restorative. Since then, she's gone back to school to get her bachelor's degree from Missouri State University in health services. In the office, she wears many hats, including assisting chairside, dental monitoring coordinator, and social media manager. In her time outside of work, she loves to spend time with family, friends, work out, go to church and shop. Welcome, Mia. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be here. Well, this is going to be fun. Um, Just as a quick reminder, we don't uh, need you to worry about taking any notes today. We're going to put together a printable that you'll be able to download for free from our website, filled with the details of today's discussion. So at People in Practice, we specialize in digital marketing. However, we know that the patient experience is crucial. And a large part of that happens in the clinic. So let's dig into this conversation. Okay, Mia, walk us through an overview of how your clinic functions, starting with how you welcome a patient back for their appointment.
0: So it has looked very different from COVID to now. Um, During COVID, we relied really heavily on the people in practice check-in system, um, where patient, the day of their appointment, they'd get a login link, they'd click on that, it'd send them to their pre-screening form at that time. We would text them when we were ready for them to come in, We meet them at the front door, bring them back to the chair. So now we still use the people in practice check in system. We just kind of give the patient/slash parent more autonomy there to kind of make the decision if they want to come in with the patient or if they prefer to stay out in their car. So the patient still texts when they're here sometimes, or they can just come in. Kind of from there on out, you know, it's really helpful helpful for some parents who either have a lot of kids or who are dealing with illness or who have a business phone call. If they want to stay out in their car, that is totally their choice. Um, if they just feel comfortable sending their patient right on in. During COVID though, that wasn't as much of an option. We really needed to make sure communication was all level with the same playing field. Everybody was on the same page, essentially. So now we're just totally digital, which we were already kind of making that that point to go fully digital. However, COVID just accelerated it. Um, but it's really helped save patients time, create that continuity in our schedule so that there's no surprises. Once we actually have the patient back in our chair, though, I will just continue. Um, We normally just have the doctor meet us at the chair. We kind of ask them a few questions. Once the appointment is completed, we've done what we've been asked to do Um, on our end, either depending on if the parent decided to come back with the patient or not. We will kind of update them to side, what we did at today's appointment, kind of what to expect for next appointment. Or if the parent decided not to come in with the patient, we'll follow the patient out to the car same thing, update the parent, what we did today and kind of what to expect next time.
1: Do you run in
0: columns then? Do you each
1: have your own chair and your own column and you're taking care of that column for the day? So
0: we technically still have our schedule set up in columns. However, it's basically whoever's done first, grab the next person. And for us, it works well that way, just because you never know. Sometimes appointments can run over, which I'm sure most people can relate to. It doesn't always go cookie cutter. This is a 45 minute appointment. So it's really helpful just to whoever's available, grab the next person that's up.
1: I like that. I think that's helpful because I, I've worked in clinics where we did run in a chair and you only took your patients in that column and you would get maybe ahead, and the person next to you would be behind and you'd just look at them and be like, how's it going over there? Instead of like jumping in and helping.
0: And you feel, and not that you feel helpless, but you know, I could be doing something more to either help this person get this appointment finished, or I'm waiting here. I am available. I could go ahead and grab this person. They have been waiting. And that's what you want to eliminate mostly.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of COVID, we did um, for our clients at People in Practice, and I don't know if you guys ended up using it, but we created like a Uh, kind of like a report card of how the appointment went because so many parents weren't coming into the appointments anymore. And it was like checking off things about, we changed wires, we did this, and then the doctor could leave a little note. And we have many offices that have kept using that because the parents found it so useful. So that's another tool out there for the clinics that are busy and don't have time to like walk out and tell the parent everything that happened. So
0: I think that would be a really cool addition, um, especially if offices are allowing more autonomy there where they get to decide, do they want to come in? Do they not? Um, And it's fine either way, but having something like the report card would be really beneficial.
1: Awesome. So how does your team manage emergencies within your busy schedule?
0: This kind of ties into something else. So we offer something called dental monitoring in our office. That really changes the way we do emergency appointments ultimately. So in our clinic, we used to see 100 to 130 patients a day, um, as some offices probably still currently are or also have made that change. But since we've started doing dental monitoring, a lot of patients are seen virtually weekly. So they're just not physically in a chair. So that changes how many patients we see a day. It's kind of changed more to like 40 to 70 patients a day. With orthodontists who have been doing this a long time, that can be kind of alarming because they're used to having a full schedule, every chair is blocked off, um, and that's great. But where it really helps now is that the emergencies, the communication, is able to be had right away. The app picks up right away if there's something that's off, if there's a wire that's poking. Um, that way, you're not going six to eight weeks in between appointments, where you see them in six weeks and they have. A bracket off or two things off or a wire poking, they haven't adequately communicated it. Sometimes they don't know that they should, or they just simply forget about it. Um, and it's no knock to the patients at all, but sometimes they don't know truly what an emergency is and how to go about fixing it. So here's the circumstance. Um, basically, they're able to communicate right away when something's off or wrong. We're able to establish on our end, whether or not that's considered an emergency, it's dire, we need to see them today, in a few days, this week, Um, or if we can go out to their six or eight weeks, that way they're not driving up here, taking a time out of their day. The parents' work schedule, their school schedule, schools are very intense with attendance nowadays, Um, or even just their extracurricular activities. Um, so, that is a really awesome thing about dental monitoring. But again, it can be alarming to doctors. Why am I not seeing 100 patients a day? You are. You may even be seeing more than you would see physically in person, virtually, though.
1: That's great. Yeah. I, I haven't personally had the opportunity to work in an office that use dental monitoring, but the offices that we work with at people in practice that do use that technology and use it like as it's intended, not just kind of spot here and there, like fully implement it. They're really, really happy with it.
0: Well, and I think sometimes too, patients and parents don't understand the blessing that it is to be able to have room in your schedule to be seen the same day because when you're seeing 100 to 130 patients a day sometimes you're like oh well we don't have an appointment time available to see you today whereas when you're seeing 40 to 70 you have more room you're able to see new patients same day case presentation same day you know if they ask if p- if patients or parents schedules change and they need to be seen today it usually works out. Same thing emergencies. There's always room to see them. And that's not the case at every office where sometimes they have to wait a few days to a week to be seen to fix it. And that's unfair, really, if the patient is in any pain or discomfort.
1: So for those offices that don't have dental monitoring um, you know, at their fingertips in that capability, I know in the practice that I worked in the longest, we had the, the gift of an overflow chair. And so that is where you know we would had the emergencies brought back and sat there. And then we would do that, you know, shuffle of unty- this patient, be able to go over and, and take care of the emergency uh, and then jump back to our chair when we needed to. So I think, um, you know, every office deals with emergencies differently, but I do, um, you know, listening to, like I said, the practices that have dental monitoring, it sounds like that is a huge gift to the schedule in a lot of different aspects.
0: So I was just going to say, Dr. Sharp has kind of talked about in the past, um, just the orthodontists, I think at one point in time, were kind of just seen as triage doctors. People would just kind of show up throughout the day, say, Hey, something's wrong. I don't know if this is supposed to feel this way. I think something's off. And you never really knew what you were going to get until you just sat them down in the chair. Where sometimes those appointments, you know, if you were to know what it is ahead of time, you may know, oh, that's a 10 minute fix, or that appointment may take 30 minutes. But if you're not, you know, properly scheduled for it sometimes, and someone just shows up, and they have several things off, and that turns into a 45 minute appointment, it can really affect your day. So in the flow of your day, so it that also is very helpful.
1: Awesome. So we like to get questions or comments from our listeners and from our people in practice clients about the topic that we're discussing. So let's listen to our first question.
0: How do you recommend managing doctor time? It's especially hard when you have a full day of existing patients and new patient exams. We don't usually have as much of an issue now managing or managing that doctor time since we are almost 100% digital in our office. Um, Like I said previously, we have the time to see new patients if they're available that day to come in same day if that's something that they're interested in. Um, But that also means that the, the doctors are able to spend more time. In those new patients, when first impressions really matter in case presentations, because there aren't ten of us waiting on them to get to our chair, um, there is times where that has happened before. So I will tell you, we use a light system in our office, which is nice because. The second we need the doctor, even if it's for a question or we're ready to be checked, um, we go ahead and turn our lights green. And that allows both doctors to know we are ready for them whenever they are available. And then if several of us turn green at the same time, and we're kind of waiting around our system that we use, which is OrthoTrack in our office, it numbers us of who turn their light green first so they know who to go to first. In a perfect world, that always works out great. However, there are times where, you know, there are patients that are like, hey, I didn't really think about this, but I have a pa- I have an appointment somewhere else. In 15 minutes, I got to go. Or I have, I have an after-school play that I'm in or a basketball game or whatever. So it doesn't always work to where it's like, I can just wait for 30 minutes on a doctor if that's kind of how it's going. Again, typically that doesn't happen. But if it were, um, the doctors have done a really good job of just allowing us as assistants to feel comfortable and confident going up to them and saying, hey, My patient has been waiting a little bit. They have to leave in 10 minutes. Can you tuck me first? Even if I wasn't the first person to turn my light green and they are right on it. So it's again, if it was a perfect world, it would always be like they're not waiting at all. Um, But that's just not realistic sometimes. And we have kind of a system for both things. So it always works out how it's supposed to. I love that. Um, We did not have the light system, but I
1: have worked briefly in offices that did. And man, that makes all the difference in the world. Um, You know, I know doctor time is always tricky when it comes to exam timing. And having worked chair side and as a TC, I can understand both perspectives. So I tried really hard as a TC to prepare the doctor with as much information about the patient as possible. So he wasn't going in saying, What sports do you play? And what's going on with your mouth? You know, there was still some chit chat, but he was so well prepared with what we had already talked about that he could really get in and out of the exam. So I think that's a little, a little thing that can make a big difference um, in, in kind of getting him in and out of that exam.
0: Oh, 100%. But also it kind of allows like, once you've already kind of given them a background of here's what to expect for the day, or here's what to expect for this patient. Sometimes they're able to spend a little bit more time just connecting with the patient and making them feel more comfortable. And like, this does not have to be a scary thing. I'm here to help you and just kind of get, get almost like the icebreaker out of the way.
1: Yep, exactly. So let's listen to another question. Does your team seem to have drama between the front desk team and the clinical team? We seem to always struggle with this. Any advice would be appreciated. So I hear about this situation frequently, and I would love your perspective on this, Mia.
0: (laughs) So it is a great question. I will say in our office that we really don't have any drama between the front and the back, but there is a few reasons for that. I will say I've had experience in an office that I worked for previously where I have experienced... Competition between the front and the back. Um, but ultimately, it allows for just a more chaotic and tense and just unhealthy work environment altogether. But it doesn't help you grow as a person and also really doesn't help you grow as an employee, is something that I've learned. Um, but ultimately, kind of in our office, I think we really treat each other like family. We always have each other's backs when it comes to certain things. And because we are that way, we're really comfortable asking each other questions. Um, and there's never any like pushback for it. I'd rather you ask the question um, and us be on the same page than to you just do something because you were too afraid to ask. So something that I've kind of noticed is we really try to make each other's lives easier. So even though we have a template, which I'm sure most offices do of certain appointments are allotted at certain times of the day, this is, again, realistically how we would like the data flow. Sometimes it doesn't always work like that. Um, Being kind of front and back, I've seen how it feels to be on the phone with someone who's not giving you a lot of time options to work with um, in terms of scheduling. And that's totally understandable. You know, There are times in our life, seasons of our life where we have a lot going on and our schedules just aren't completely aligning with what we have available for that day. So by... Not just throwing someone in sporadically, making the day seem really overwhelming. There's a little bit more predictability that girls are really good about. If they don't know if this is fitting or this isn't where a normal appointment would go, they come straight to the back and ask us, Hey, I have this parent on the phone. They're having trouble finding some times that align with our schedule. Can we see them at this time? So for us, we're predicting or there's the predictability that, Hey, we know what's coming in. We know it's coming in at this time. Maybe slightly inconvenient, but that's okay. I mean, that's that's the part of the business. And it's not always going to be convenient. And it doesn't matter just as long as we got them in, they kind of know ahead of time, too. Like, we got you in today at this time. You know, n- the next few visits, we may have to schedule a little bit earlier. And then at that point, they're way more accommodating because we were able to accommodate them at that time. Um, so I think, again, it's really great just to be able to ask questions where it's needed. Two, I think that it's really good to have crossover in your office. We have a lot of girls in our office who have been here so long, they feel confident answering the phone, even if they normally don't in the back. Um, they can schedule a new patient. We schedule a lot of times as an assistant in the back, just to allow the girls up front to be better about answering the phones and spending extra time in that console or that new patient, again, where those impressions really matter in order to get them to the next step. So crossover really helps Um, just having some cross training. I'd also say that there's just no competition here. Neither of the doctors make us feel less than. I feel like we are all equally loved and valued in this office. But that also comes from having really good business people and also leaders in your office. So working for doctors who really value their employees and make sure that we all feel like we're on the same playing field matters. I love that. Um, I was actually going
1: to say the best thing I've ever found when there's an issue with some front and back animosity is that cross training. Because when you've worked in the back, you better understand how things function and like the timing of things and how your brain's in so many places at one time. And then when you've worked in the front, you better understand the demands that the patients are putting on you, <laughs> um, you know, because of scheduling issues. And when you felt that, you do understand better when something gets tossed onto the schedule that you're like, instead of thinking you're trying to ruin my life, you're thinking, um, you know, oh my gosh, you really didn't have any other options. This must have been a tough one. So that is exactly what I was going to say is cross training seems to be the best way that and I've worked in offices where there always seems to be just like one pot stirrer. You know, and maybe they're like the best assistant out there. But once that person was removed from the situation, you know, nobody wants to lose a good assistant. But if they're the ones creating the chaos, um, our, we We lost a team member due to that issue. Um, she just loved to like kind of stir the pot. And, and I don't know why, but that was what she kind of thrived on, but was an amazing assistant. And once she was gone it changed the dynamic of the front and the back completely. There was like zero animosity. So I do think cross-training is helpful, but I think you also have to look at your team, make sure that you've got the right people in the right places, like you said, and managing from that top down, making sure that you are giving everybody equal attention and making everybody feel valuable. That was like,
0: that was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, I've worked in a similar situation to that. And it is crazy how much the work dynamic changes once you've, I hate to say, lost a bad egg. But someone who isn't overly kind to work with, someone who's just really hard to be around, um, it almost feels like a weight is kind of lifted off your shoulders. Again, yeah, you may have lost a good assistant, but it's well worth it to really work with good people and like-minded people.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So my last question and something that I know you are an expert on is about dental monitoring. So could you give us kind of an overview of how your office utilizes the technology, how it's impacted the practice, maybe a little bit. I'm, I definitely want to have you back on and really dig into this, but kind of just give us a brief overview of like what this technology has done for the practice, how you guys implement it, all of that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So just kind of for those who don't know what dental monitoring is, I'll just kind of explain it as it's an application um, that basically a patient takes a scan of their teeth each week. So we see pictures of their teeth each week um, and we see them virtually in between their in-person visits. It does a really good job of connecting the doctors, the staff, the patient, the parents. That way we are all, again, on the same page and really, again, giving patients time back that they wouldn't have if they were spending more time waiting in the waiting room. It's all about eliminating that and giving patients and parents their time back. Um, to go a little bit more into depth, because I could talk about this again, and we can uh, dive further into it in another podcast. Um, I just want to make sure people have like a good overview of what it is. So it's, it's a tool that sets us apart from any other office in our area. Because We're allowed to control so much on our end that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. With dental monitoring, we're seeing a lot of good changes with brackets and with aligners. So even if they're in Spark aligners, if they're in Invisalign, if they're in regular twin brackets, if they're in light force brackets, which is something else we're starting to offer now, it really doesn't matter what appliances your office offers. It's a game changer for all of them. Um, it helps us control the outcome, a lot of aligner therapy. So again, when there's an emergency that arises right away, if they have an attachment that comes off. Um, if their trays aren't fitting for whatever reason, we're able to get on it right away. Um, either order them new trays that fit them a little bit better depending on if they've been non-compliant. <laughs> Or if they, there's a manufacturing defect, you know, there's, there's lots of factors that c- can go into those sort of things. We're able to catch it right away and get them traced that fit them better so that they're able to progress through treatment adequately, efficiently. Um, we're also able to have them just spend less time in the office again. So just being able to go to their extracurricular activities, not miss school, not allow the parent to miss any work. That way they can make the money that they need to. It's really awesome for everyone on every front. We're also able just to learn about a lot more about orthodontics. I think spending time with the doctors, watching scans each week, listening to them, how things have changed so much, just from the digital standpoint, but also from how awesome this app is. It's monitoring about 175 things each time a patient scans. So it's looking at, do they have a bracket off? Do they have a band off? Is their wire out? Is it poking? Is for some reason a door not shut? Did they lose an tie? Is their spring off? Like it's, it's looking at so many things that I think sometimes when you're in a hurry that the human eye misses, granted, those things can happen at any point in time. Sometimes even with the app, it's, it's not perfect, but it's amazing technology. Um, I think a lot of times too, hygiene is just better. Patients each week are able to see their progress week to week. Parents are able to see their hygiene also from week to week. So they know, hey, is my child not brushing where they need to? Is their plaque building up? You're able to catch those things right away. They're graded on their brushing each week. So they know I'm missing. This is where it's an issue. This is where I can do better. That way, whenever your parent can see it too, or I should say when the parent comes in, they're not shocked that, oh, hygiene's an issue because we've been telling you each week that in this spot, it needs to be better. They're not surprised, and if their patient comes or if their child comes in, and they have several cavities, which you hope never happens, but it's also again just not the reality that every patient is going to be on top of their hygiene game each week. So I think in that front, it's helpful. Um, Everybody's on the same page because everyone's just connected, and I think that's overall the best thing about it. There's no surprises. There's more predictability again in your day and what you're looking at. Um and people are able to have their time back to do whatever they need to do. Not that they don't want to see us each week, but it's that's the fact of the matter is like it's not that they probably hate coming to see us. We hope that they don't, but also this is more enjoyable for them whenever we could go 30 weeks in between seeing them or 16 weeks in between seeing them. They just have to see us less.
1: (laughs) I love that. I definitely... Um, We're going to have you back because I want to dive into integration and implementation and like how you guys handle everything. So like I said, I know we can spend um, a whole podcast just talking about that. And we absolutely will. But are there any other tips or tricks or wisdom um, from a clinical experience that you wanted
0: to share? Yeah. So I think something that I've learned the most, especially here in the last few years, is that you need to always be willing to hear from your coworkers. And what I mean by that is I think we all have something to learn from one another, which kind of seems like a no duh. Um, But really, I think in dental assisting, you work with so many different people with different educational backgrounds, work for multiple different offices. You pick up so many different tips and tricks along the way. Um, And so you're able to learn a lot from the more seasoned dental assistants, as well as the newer ones. And I think what I've learned a lot too, is that there's, there's value in that. And that is a privilege and it's a blessing. So the girls who have been in dental assisting for 25 years, they may be able to show me something that I would have never thought of. Um, and I think in reverse to that, I'm able to help them with the more technological standpoint. Um, I think people who aren't as familiar, they didn't start their career in that way. Times are changing. People still have to adapt, Um, and I think just kind of being allowing yourself to fail your way forward, but also being willing to trust your coworkers and help them adapt to change is just as important. Um, I just think overall we all have something to learn from one another, and in whatever way you can get your hands on doing that, you should. You should ask questions. You have dental assistants who have learned on the job. You have some that went to school. You have some that you know, have furthered their education even more than just their program and learn different chips and tricks along the way. So I think it's really awesome. I
1: could not agree more. You are so insightful. You're so brilliant <laughs> you. with um, your, your, <laughs> your view on things. And I think for me, it comes down to this. It's about staying curious like, we as people just don't know everything. And if if you, if you somebody, even if a patient comes in and they're frustrated with something, I'm like curious as to what's the root cause of this frustration? Or if, you know, I'm really struggling to fit bands and, you know, so my team member next to me is like Could do it a rock star at it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious about what are you doing different than what I'm doing that makes, you know, it's so much easier for you. So um, curiosity has been like, a life changing word for me lately, because I just want to remain curious. I want to um, try to understand things as much as possible. So I I love that. I love that you're constantly trying to learn from others and that you want to share. There are other people out there who they want to hold on to all of the tips and tricks they have because it's like their secret sauce, but that's not going to help you as a team
0: be better. So sharing, sharing is amazing. And I think too, like complacency is one of those things where some people just get stuck in their routine and they like the way that things are, but that's not the way our world is moving. And I think at some point, if you want to have a practice that stands out from others, you're going to have to be willing to sometimes take some risks, make some jumps, whether that is teaching your entire team something new, like dental monitoring at one point was, I think, a shock to our entire team. But now it's just one of those things where everybody is so comfortable and familiar with it, that it feels like, why haven't we been doing this for years? And I think a lot could be said for probably other softwares people are using. But um, it's just really awesome, I think, in that we're constantly learning something new. And we're always curious. I love it well I really hope um, I really hope you enjoyed our
1: conversation today as much as I did. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your val- valuable information with us Mia um, Our goal is to give truly tangible items with this podcast that you can use in your day-to-day life at the office and we really want to elevate the voices of the people that actually work in an office and sit in the same chair that you sit in every single day. So we would love for you to send uh, us your anonymous questions and stories about uh, topics that you care about to practice-talk.com. Please subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family that might find these conversations helpful and interesting. Don't forget to listen to our original podcast called the Golden Age of Orthodontics, hosted by the founders of People in Practice, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein. Until next time, thank you for joining us on Practice Talk, where your voice has value. Thank you for listening to the Practice Talk podcast. Head over to practice-talk.com to ask us questions or tell us your stories. Until next time.